Wednesday at Columbus, Ohio, you got the playoff game before the playoff start. It looks like that game at Columbus is going to determine who gets home ice between the Blue Jackets and Penguins. Considering how good the Penguins have been at home and how crappy they are on the road, it would be good to get home ice. Although the Penguins are on the road Thursday and home ice did not help last night against the Capitals. Washington 3 at Pittsburgh 1. And the panic is palpable. And by panic, I mean stupidity. It's the Mark Madden Show. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Today is the Pirate Home Opener. They lead 5-1 over Minnesota. Trevor Williams got pulled with a no-hitter after 6 at Detroit yesterday. You got the NCAA final tonight. Sister Jean is eliminated. And thank Christ. You got Lev Bell chilling like a villain. But that's what they said about Marty Skrull. Whoop, whoop. But the Penguins are the big story. The Penguins finished second in the division in 2016. The Penguins finished second in the division in 2017. The Penguins won the Stanley Cup both years. They are in second place right now in the division. So what's the problem? The Penguins have been up and down a bit lately. They've won six of their last ten. Sid has heated up. But Malkin doesn't have a goal in four games. Murray's been okay. Latang has been okay. But how any of that even remotely translates into pessimism with this group is beyond me. Last night was about Grabauer in goal for Washington. He played very well. If he didn't steal the game, he came pretty close. So Columbus on Thursday at Columbus, Ottawa at home Friday, PPG Paints Arena. And then the playoffs start. Uh, The Penguins have a great logo for the playoffs. Believe, and the B is also a three. The Penguins have the best one-two punch in hockey with Sid and Gino. It's a team that obviously knows how to win, so I'll take my chances. I'll take my chances against Columbus, home or away. Against Philadelphia. Home or away. Against Washington, home or away. Against Tampa or Boston, which would only happen if the Penguins would slide to the number two wild card. Well, let me think about that one. But Columbus is the likely foe in the first round. Their number one center would be on Pittsburgh's fourth line. And their goaltender always flinches in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Blue Jackets are hot, but the Penguins are way better. Uh, I wasn't crazy about Geno's histrionics at the end of last night's game. I admire Geno because he always stands up for himself. I like that edge. I like that 
engagement he always shows. But maybe he took it a bit too far, and it lasted maybe a bit too long. Uh, Gino wanted to send a message, he said. Send a message. But the Caps got the message in 16 and 17. And that's the only message necessary. The Capitals are phony tough, and they won the division, so they get another phony banner to hang. Whoopity-doo. The Penguins got three days between games, so just get focused and win on Thursday. Whatever your Penguins viewpoint may be, dial 412-333-WXDX. Grabauer, the Caps goalie, really robbed Sid a couple times. Gino hit the crossbar on that five-on-three. Kessel and Gino are playing on the same line now. Kessel definitely wants that to continue. I know that. That's an absolute fact. Didn't get that from Phil. Got got it from a pretty reliable second-hand source. I'm not upset at all about last night's loss. I would assume Grabauer is the starter in goal now when Washington begins the playoffs. Holtby on the bench. Schneider may be on the bench in New Jersey. Marc-Andre Fleury may be the Vesna Trophy winner. Interesting times for those observing what's going on between the sticks in the National Hockey League. Uh, getting back to the game Thursday against Columbus and the potential first-round series against Columbus... I know they're 15-4-1 over the last 20. And that's the third best record in the league over that stretch. But I think some of you are overestimating the Columbus Blue Jackets. They've got a very good defense, and of course they've got Ian Cole Fever. That's way too hot to handle. But the Penguins are just better everywhere else. And if you think Bobrovsky's better than Murray, take a glance at the ring finger of each and then slap yourself silly, Sydney. Uh, if the Penguins win Thursday Columbus, you know, Philadelphia could very easily jump over the Blue Jackets. Then again, if the Penguins lose Thursday at Columbus, the Penguins could very easily finish in a wild card. And, and like I said, if they drop to the second wild card, they could play Washington, well, Boston or Tampa Bay in the first round if they're the second wild card. If they're the top wild card, which would be more likely, they'd play Washington in the first. And if that happens, so what? It's best of seven against somebody. When you're the two-time defending champions, does it really matter who? Uh, Pittsburgh plays at Columbus Thursday, finishes the season at home against Ottawa Friday. Columbus also plays at home against Detroit Tuesday and at Nashville on Saturday. Philadelphia has an easy finish at Brooklyn tomorrow and then at home against Carolina and the New York Rangers. That's Thursday and Saturday, respectively. So a lot is up for grabs. It's going to be fun. I don't know who the best team is in the East right now. Maybe Boston, adding Donato, that kid from the Olympic team. That's helped them quite a bit. I never figured the Bruins would catch Tampa. 
So anyway, let's get the hockey talk going. 412-333-9939. Vegas was great. Michael Schenker was great. Burton Cummings got canceled. It's a bummer, man. The Guess Who singer. I drank a lot. More than I have in quite some time. Tito's and OJ. Goes down so readily. Oh, I met up with a super hot porn chick, Shay Evans. Latina, despite the nom de porn. So a good time was had by all, but now I'm back. We're going to talk about Lev Bell and his latest stupidity. What a maroon that loser is. We're going to talk about Sister Jean. Although, that the, the that's done is just, she's gotten, I hate to talk about her. People have talked about her too much, too much on camera, too much everything. And of course, more Penn's talk, 412-333-WXDX. Did anybody see the new ESPN morning show today? Get up. In 15 minutes, I couldn't watch anymore. Too many graphics, too much silliness, every sports cliche you could think of, over coverage of the big market teams. So all done after 15 minutes for me for good. I'm back to Golic and Wingo for good. I like Greeny. I just take Michelle Beadle and Jalen Rose with an unbridled passion. And unless I caught the wrong 15 minutes, Michelle Beadle had more mic time than Greeny. If she is the host, I, that must have been just a bad, well, even worse, 15 minutes. Because, again, like I've often said, Mike Greenberg working with Beetle and Rose, that's like Greeny co-hosting with the Axis Powers. Uh, Get Up makes that 6 p.m. Sports Center that had Michael Smith and Jamel Hill look like Meet the Press dipped in 60 minutes. Yikes. Uh, I got some great baseball talk, but the Pirates are playing right now in the home opener at PNC, so what's the point of talking baseball? But here's a little tease moving forward, if you please. I wrote a column in the Trib Sunday. The greatest pirate ever is Ralph Kiner. Not Bonds. Not Clemente. Not Wagner. But Ralph Kiner, because the numbers say so. Why would you take out Trevor Williams with a no-hitter going after six innings? He had thrown 102 pitches, but you got a no-hitter going. And here's a primer on the dumbass etiquette that baseball clings to. Minnesota was up 7-0 yesterday in the ninth inning versus Baltimore. A lefty batter was up for Baltimore. Chance Cisco. The infield shifted way right. Lefty batter. The shifting in baseball is just too much. So Cisco bunted for a hit down the third baseline where... Nobody was standing. If he had gotten out of the box quick, he could have got a double out of it. The Twins got their knickers in a twist. Oh, you don't bunt when you're down 7-0. Okay, then. Don't shift when you're up 7-0. Baseball has by far the highest percentage of pompous ass wipes in the history of anything. We got Phil Bork at 4.30, Paul Steigerwald at 5.30. Ah, Staggy. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9.
And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, big fan, big fan. Hey, yo. Well, I'm not sure. It's just big and it's soft and I use a bunch of pillows and I snore. The X at 105.9. Pirates were up 5 nothing to PNC. Now it's 5-4 in the 6th. And Cervelli and Moran just surrounded a foul pop-up and let it drop to the ground. Uh, Lev Bell, the Steelers running back, doesn't want $15 million per year anymore. Lev Bell now wants $17.5 million per year, the same as Antonio Brown's getting. Some Steeler fans were on Le'Veon Bell's side in these contract negotiations, but now not so much. There has been backlash from the hoi polloi, and Bell posted his displeasure on Instagram. Quote, it's so hard to be a hero in a city that paints you out to be the villain, unquote. And then Odell Beckham Jr. responded, who you telling? All caps. And James Harrison said, welcome to the city. Between Lev Bell, OBJ, and James Harrison, it was a veritable douchebags convention on social media. Like Harrison didn't get every benefit of every dot here in Pittsburgh, even after Harrison finagled his way to New England. Uh, anyway, back to Bell. If Bell is a villain in Pittsburgh, it's his own doing. He's been suspended twice for pot. He consistently says things that are maniacally stupid. His greed is out of control and based on illogic. And he's putting himself ahead of the Steelers, which Bell has every right to do. But that doesn't mean Pittsburgh has to like it. And when Bell knows shows OTAs and minicamp and training camp, he will be within his rights, but Pittsburgh will not like it. Bell is his own victim here, and nobody else is. He's being greedy, immature, and unrealistic, and F him. F Le'Veon Bell. F him. 412. 3-3-3-99-39 is the number to call. Lots of Penguins talk coming your way. Uh, I thought last night's loss was up. How do I put this? They could have used the win. If you win that game, then you have a lot of wiggle room to finish second and get home ice for the playoffs. Now you pretty much got to win at Columbus on Thursday. And if you lose in regulation... It's easy to see the Penguins dropping all the way down to a wild card and having to play Washington in the first round. I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm I'm indifferent, but uh, I don't know. Again, that's a tough one. Columbus is the hottest team in the league. The team you'd most like to play is Philadelphia. You swept the season series. They score goals, but you score more goals. But Columbus wouldn't be bad either, Washington, as long as it's not Tampa or Boston. As long as the Penguins don't drop all the way down to the second wild card. That matchup would make me flinch a little bit if that's what you got in the first round. Then again, you can't beat them. You're not going to beat everybody. Get it over with and let's have an early summer for a change. This year for the postseason, I'm very definitely all or nothing. If they're not going to win, I want them to lose early so I can get a little more leisure. 
Uh, but uh, realistically, well, I don't think fans can complain no matter how they do after having won the last two cups. And I do think there's an element of fatigue cropping up now. And hopefully the adrenaline of the first round will take care of that, but but maybe not. Hopefully, but but maybe not. But but I think that if the Penguins won two rounds, got to the conference final, no matter what happened after that, you'd have to be almost happy with it. If they would win 10 playoff series in a row, how could you not be happy with that? Of course, there's more optimism in this town about the Pirates uh, being maybe 4-0 after today than there is about the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions pursuing a third. You know why that is? It's because you're stupid. Uh, staying with hockey, Marc-Andre Fleury might win the Vezina Trophy. I guess all he ever had to do was get out of Pittsburgh. He's the number one goalie for an expansion team. And that expansion team is the best expansion team ever. Won their division. Fleury leads the NHL in save percentage. Marc-Andre Fleury might win his first Vezina. And that'd be great. Uh, Brad Marchand of Boston got fined 5K for cross-checking a flyer in the face. Andrew McDonald, which I really don't have a problem with, cross-checking a flyer in the face. But since the NHL founded the Department of Player Safety in 2011, Marchand has been fined or suspended nine times. That is more than anybody. Shouldn't the fines and suspensions escalate for repeat officials? Marshawn really should have got suspended for this cross-check, but it's almost time for the playoffs. They're not going to suspend him. Well, the Bruins have two games left. It could have given them two games, but they're just not going to do that so close to playoff time. And let's not forget, a goon runs the Department of Player Safety, that idiot George Paros. A goon running the Department of Player Safety. That shouldn't make anybody feel real safe. I hear some hype for way down the road. I got this from an unimpeachable source. Don't be shocked if Tampa May makes a big play to sign John Tavares uh, from the New York Islanders to sign Tavares out of free agency in the offseason. And if they do... Tampa trades Kucherov. You heard it here first. That's what Tampa Bay would like to do. 412-333-9939. I got two big appearances coming up Thursday. I'm at the hotel bar at the downtown Pittsburgh Marriott for a Penguins viewing party. Steelhead Grill, whatever it's called, you know where it is. Uh, That's right across the street from PPG Paints Arena. And that's the game against Columbus. Home ice is on the line. So join me Thursday with Bud Light for a Penguins viewing party at the downtown Pittsburgh Marriott. And I have a WrestleMania viewing party at the Bulldog Pub in Morningside Sunday. We do this every year. It is lit, yo. Charlotte and Asuka are going to make history. Ronda Rousey, the return of Kurt Angle to the ring, the return of Daniel Bryan to the ring. So join me Sunday at the Bulldog Pub in Morningside to watch WrestleMania. I'm Mark Madden. We got Phil Bork next hour, 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Double M, what's going on? He's a gangster. Yes, I need your advice, super genius. You're an ass, you're an ass, you're an ass. 
KTX at 105.9. I posted a blog about this if you'd like to check it out. I am so looking forward to the premiere of the movie Chappaquiddick. It premieres on Thursday. I only wish Ted Kennedy had lived long enough to see it, which is what I really meant to say in the first place uh, 10 years ago or whenever it was. If you're powerful enough, you can get away with killing somebody. That's never been a question, but now it's a major motion picture. It's like a prequel to the O.J. Simpson story. I also included in my blog today, and you got to see it, describing it doesn't do it justice. uh, Volkswagen used to have an ad pointing out that the Volkswagen Beetle floated in water. One of very few cars to do so. So National Lampoon did an exact parody of that ad. And it had a picture of the Volkswagen Beetle floating. And the headline was, if Ted Kennedy drove a Volkswagen, he'd be president today. Which might be true. And uh, Volkswagen sued and got issues recalled for the newsstand. But most of the issues had already been sold, and it got such a buzz for National Lampoon, it was well, well worth it. Actually, getting such a buzz that it was well, well worth it, that describes something pertaining to me, if you really think about it. So anyway, I'll be going to see Chappaquiddick. I think you should too. There's a great line here. Ed Helms, the comedian, plays a very serious character. I believe he's Ted Kennedy's advisor. And Ted Kennedy thinks that, you know, for those who don't remember, this was in 1969. Ted Kennedy uh, either was or wasn't drunk. The cops covered up so much. He was driving his secretary home with who many suspect he was having an affair, and he drove off a bridge into a pond. And he got out of the car and just left and didn't even report it till the next day. And, of course, his secretary, Mary Jo Kopechny, dropped. He was never charged with anything. Did it cost the presidency? Probably. But it cost the young girl her life. And the son of a bitch never really had to pay for it, although, well, Ed Helms, his advisor, he's talking to Ted Kennedy in the movie, and Ted says, well, Peter betrayed Christ. And Moses had quite a temper. And Ed Helms cuts him off and says, Moses never left the girl at the bottom of the Red Sea. He should have added, whammy! Enough about that. Let's go to Zach downtown. Zach, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Terrific. I just had a, uh, just like you talked about, let's say the Penguins do drop to that wall card and they play the Capitals in the first round. You think since the Capitals have had zero chance of making it past the Penguins that they start Grubauer instead of Holpe because he has... Well, I would never say that the Capitals have zero chance to get past the Penguins. They're too good a team for me to dismiss that out of hand. Would I expect the Penguins to win in a best of seven against Washington? Of course I would because of what's happened the last two years. But uh, do I think they would start Grubauer? Yeah. And I think last night was a precursor to that and how Grubauer played was confirmation of that. 
Uh, I think Holtby's the better goalie out of him and Grabauer. But Grabauer's had a better season. In fact, Holtby's had a terrible campaign. His numbers yeah. are, are way, way off what they usually are. And uh, you've not been able to beat Pittsburgh with Holtby two years in a row. Uh, why would you just go back to the same formula for it to fail again, most likely? In fact, I just popped up on my Twitter. The Washington Post has a column, Grabauer, not Holtby, gives Caps best chance at a deep playoff run. Uh, and, and I've read that Barry Trotz said that he plans to utilize both goalies like Pittsburgh did. Well, Pittsburgh utilized both goalies last year because Murray got hurt. It wasn't a rotation Right. Per se, but well, uh, if, you know. And, but ba- here's another. Here's another X factor. Barry Trotz is in the last year of his contract. He's coaching for his job, so he's going to do whatever is best for him and his chances of continued employment. And I really think the only way Barry Trotz gets retained as Washington coach past this playoffs is if he beats Pittsburgh. I think that's the minimum he has to do to keep coaching the Capitals. Now, if the Penguins if don't play the Capitals, and let's say the Capitals start their series with Holpe, and then the second round they play the Penguins, do you think that uh, Gary Trotz would go back to Grubauer and switch it up then, or would he still keep riding with Oh, no, with I think he's going to open the playoffs with Grubauer. I don't think it matters sure. who the Capitals play in terms of their goaltending decision. I think Grubauer will start the playoffs in goal for Washington. 4-1-2. Three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. That's four one two three 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 WXDX. The thing last night with Gino going nuts at the end of the game, and I'm not criticizing Gino too much because he always sticks up for himself. I respect that. He always sticks up for his teammates. I respect that even more. But it went just a, a bit too far and a bit too long. You know what it reminded me of? Reminded me of when the Penguins played Philadelphia in the last game of the 2012 regular season and then lost to them in the first round of the playoffs. And Philadelphia baited them constantly during the game, and the Penguins kept taking the bait. And as a result, they were emotionally disheveled when the series against Philadelphia started. And, you know, they were a mark for an upset and did indeed uh, get upset by the Flyers in six games in that first round series. Last night wasn't to that degree. The Penguins may not even play the Capitals in the first round. In fact, likely will not. And it wasn't, you know, the coaches. Remember Granado, like, wanting to fight Peter Laviolette? Granado, the Penguins' assistant, was on top of the boards yelling at, at Laviolette, the Flyers' head coach. It didn't get to that degree. And Gino talked to the media afterwards and, and spoke about it. So I, I don't think it was as bad as 2012. I don't think it set the table. For a bad result, as happened in 2012, I just wish he wouldn't do that. You know who was the biggest? See, the Capitals, I would say they're phony tough. They got phony banners, they're phony good, they're phony tough. Here's an example. Tom Wilson, that big dork, 43, who's really tough. Him and Jay Gensel, who's five foot nothing, 100 nothing, looks like a Muppet. They get tangled up. Gensel winds up falling on top of Wilson and he cross-checks him into the ice a couple times and then gets up. Wilson gets up, doesn't do anything. Then when he's on the bench, he starts jarring at Gensel. Like, he had a chance to get up and just beat his ass, which he would have done, but instead he goes to the bench and then starts jawing. 
If I'm like Gensler or Penn, I'm saying, wait a minute, you big jackass. You were out here five feet from me five seconds ago, and now you're running your mouth? See, phony tough. That's what I mean by phony tough. That's why I don't believe in the Capitals' ability to beat the Penguins or to have a playoff run. And that's with Grabauer in goal, with Holtby in goal, with Mike Leute in goal, Olaf Kolzig, Jim Carrey. I don't give a frig who's in goal. Whatever it is the Washington Capitals never had, they still haven't got. 412-333-9939, the number to call. If you'd like to tweet me, you can tweet me at Mark MarkMaddenX. Uh, a tweet from Jamie, what is your take on the Caps goalies? Well, we just talked about that. Uh, Jamie adds, Holtby sits. Is he on his way out? Well, Holtby played the last two games before last night. But I think that Grabauer was put in there for a reason. And I think he probably earned a shot to play in the playoffs, and especially to play in the playoffs against Pittsburgh. Trot said afterwards he wanted Grabauer to have made a start in Pittsburgh in case it comes to that. But uh, I think that's a bunch of crap. I think their intent is to go with Grabauer in the playoffs. Although Trot said Holpe will play on Monday. That's their next game. Wait, today? They play today? Let's go to Matthew on the south side. Matthew, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. I'm wondering if you think that Murray should hang out for a little bit and maybe get a game or two off coming down the stretch. He just set out a bunch of games with injury. Uh, I, I, if the Penguins win on Thursday, I don't expect he'll play Friday at home in the season finale against Ottawa. But uh, if... if Friday's game means something. I expect Murray will play both of them, Thursday and Friday. I mean, what do you think would be gained by resting him? Hello. Or you could hang up. Yeah, the Capitals do play tonight. They're at St. Louis. But that doesn't matter because the Penguins can't catch him. Probably matters to Braden Holtby, though, if he's getting the nod in goal tonight. Let's go to Michael in the car. Michael. You're on with Mark. How you doing, Mr. Madden? Terrific. What's up? Uh, I was wondering if you thought the Pens had a tougher-than-usual schedule this season because they just had a back-to-back game with the Capitals. And I know earlier in the year they had a couple back-to-back games. With yeah, the it, they, they just played the, – the Penguins just played four games in six days, and they played the Capitals in the second leg of a back-to-back Friday and Saturday – Although both those games were at Pittsburgh, but the Capitals did not play. Excuse me, Saturday and Sunday. The Capitals did not play on Saturday. Uh, I'm not going to say it's unfair. The schedule is the schedule. It depends on travel and arena availability. But uh, do I think the Penguins have had a tougher-than-usual schedule this year? Uh, Yes, I do. And they play back-to-back again this Thursday and Friday, which actually it's a fitting end of their season given the way they've been scheduled. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. In just a moment, we're going to talk about some things that have made me very happy regarding the NCAA basketball tournaments. I'll talk about one next. I'll talk about one at 4 o'clock. Made me very, 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 very happy. 105.90X. 
I am overjoyed UConn didn't win the women's NCAA basketball championship. And that's now two years in a row with them undefeated and they lose in the semifinals. But UConn winning championships was never the problem. Not as much as them constantly winning games by 90, including tournament games. So UConn lost on a buzzer beater against Notre Dame. Then Notre Dame won the national title last night on a buzzer beater. I sit not too far from Sam Werner, who covers hockey for the Post-Gazette, in the press box at PPG Paints Arena, and he's a Notre Dame grad. And he, like, almost jumped through the roof when Notre Dame hit that shot. And I'm thinking, okay, dude, it's only women's basketball. And, and, And also... Shouldn't you be watching a hockey game? You're covering a hockey game. No quarter. Brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. I had a nice exchange with Jen Sturger on Twitter on some topic. I'm not being sarcastic. It was nice. Uh, Jen Sturger is super cool. Jen Sturger is also super hot. Used to be a Florida State cowgirl. Brent Musburger drooled over Jen on TV. And she wound up uh, getting into sports media. And was good. But then you may recall, Brent Favre texted Jen a picture of his genitalia. And it got leaked. That picture and that story. Not by Jen, but it got leaked. It became a huge deal in the media. And nothing happened to Brett Favre. And Jen Sturger's career got ruined. That made zero sense. Should have been the other way around. But Favre didn't miss a beat. And Jen Sturger just faded from the media. That makes zero sense. Uh, it, it, You know, the, the hashtag Me Too stuff, this is an instance where it really does apply to the women's detriment, not only in terms of being made to feel uncomfortable, by getting an uninvited penis picture, but having her career minimized in the wake of it. Uh, Jen is twice the talent of Aaron Andrews, the sideline princess, but uh, but Jennifer never played the victim. Never was up for that, and that may have been to her detriment, although what happened to Aaron Andrews was terrible, the peephole thing. but she got all that money from the hotel chain. I don't know, though. Did it help her? Well, her career's still going. And I got to add this, too. Jen Starker didn't sleep with Brett Favre. Didn't. If she had slept with Brett Favre or performed some kind of job, her career would have not suffered a bit. Nobody would have known about it. Aaron Andrews banged them all. She dated so many athletes she covered, and she's married to one now, Jared Stahl, the former L.A. King. And he got caught with drugs, and people never bothered to think, I wonder if Mrs. Stahl did the drugs too. But she's the sideline princess. She gets away with murder. Well, no, that was Ted Kennedy. Uh, But, but, you know, just... I can't believe Erin Andrews, with her minimal talent, has gone further than Jen Sturger. 
who had much more talent. And if you want to say, but Aaron Andrews is hot, guess what? Jennifer Sturker's a lot hotter. A lot hotter. 412-333-9939. It's the Mark Madden Show on 105.9 X. We've got Phil Bork and Paul Steigerwald joining me a bit later to talk uh, Penguins hockey. The NCAA championship game, of course, is tonight. You know what is a lot of fun? I went to the Bally's Sportsbook. I stayed at Bally's in Vegas over the week. I went to the Bally's Sportsbook to watch the Penguins play. Uh, Two of their games while I was gone in their entirety and then won a couple periods. And uh, it is fun to sit in a sportsbook with a few bets made just watch all these games. I was sitting there watching the Penguins at Canadian Saturday, but I'm also watching the NCAA semifinals out of the corner of my eye, and people are real emotional because they've got, you know, bets down that are bigger than mine, or they're rooting for the team and, and made a bet to accompany their attachment, their loyalty to that team. Sportsbooks are just a very cool scene, a good place to watch games, no question about that. I didn't get to the Vegas sports bars, the... Uh, I didn't get to, 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 what's the one at MGM Grand called? Like Tag or Tap, or Tap, it's called Tap. And I didn't get to Legacy Stadium. I was going to go there to watch the, the Penguin game Saturday after uh, Burton Cummings got canceled, but you knew it would be packed for the NCAA games, and the, the minimum to get a table is oppressive, but, uh, but still, I had, a, I had a decent time in Vegas, no question. I'm so old now and feel so bad. I'm beginning to wonder how much longer I'll be able to perpetuate uh, making that trip. Don't get me wrong, eh? a few more times to be sure. Penguins jackets on Thursday. Does it matter if they get home ice? Does it matter who they play? You can't help but, but root for the scenario that benefits your team the most. And I think of the scenarios that are still possible. Obviously, the one that would benefit the Penguins the most is they beat Columbus on Thursday, finish second in the division, and get home ice in a series against Philadelphia. If you beat Columbus Thursday, Philadelphia could very easily leapfrog Columbus. And even though the Philadelphia series would be fraught with shenanigans, attempted shenanigans, no doubt, on the part of Philadelphia, and you would sweat it because of the rivalry... I mean, you want to play him, you want to beat him, but what if you lose? But nonetheless, you'd rather play Philadelphia than Columbus. You'd rather play Philadelphia than Washington. There's no way to maneuver to play Jersey unless they would jump over somebody, both over both Philadelphia and New Jersey. I'm not even sure if mathematically that's possible. I know it's very unlikely to happen. But does it matter what the Penguins do now down the stretch, where they finish and who they play? How stuck are you on the notion? Got to get home ice. Got to play this team. Or got to get home ice. Can't play that team. A team you're scared of. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I'll I'll be honest. I think if the Penguins uh, lose Thursday, they finish fourth and play Washington in the first round. I just think that's the way it'll, it'll... Ball out 
if they lose on Thursday. Pirates lead 5-4 in the bottom of the seventh. I still can't get over. It goes to show how stuff like pitch count, all the modern-day baseball stuff, the pitch counts, the infield shifts, how much it's taken over baseball. I can't believe they took out Trevor Williams after six innings with a no-hitter. Trevor Williams is the middle-of-the-road pitcher. I, I think he knows how to pitch. I think his stuff's mediocre. I would bet he'll never get through six innings without having a lot of hit again. That was his one shot at a no-hitter. And it's friggin' early April. It's the second game of the season. Why would you give him a shot at a no-hitter? Can you imagine the buzz for the next time he pitches if he throws a no-hitter? The next time he pitches at home, especially? But that's baseball. That's just what every manager would be expected to do. But if every manager does what every manager is expected to do, then why not just have one guy manage all 30 teams? If, if managing is that predictable, what's the difference who does it? If you do the same thing all the time. In just 30 seconds, I'll talk about something else that happened in the NCAA basketball tournaments that made me so happy. 1059X.